What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen of the day. Lockdown Reds is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today, on coming up on today's podcast, where are the Reds getting better next year? I'm talking about positionally, talking about when you go around the diamond, look at the different positions on the field. Are they getting better? Are they staying the same? Or are they getting worse? We're going to break that down here on today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's let's stay red center. We'll talk a little bit about the World Series tomorrow as today's an off day for the World Series and it's tied one to one heading to Atlanta. We're going to stay right here with the Reds because we're locked on Reds every single day, even if it's the off season. All right, let's get started. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's been interesting to see the World Series so far. We'll just give it a quick mention here, the the way that one team is hit in each game. You've had the Braves hit in game one, and you had the Astros hit in game two. And that's where we are. That's why both games have gone to either team and there's not really been any separation there. I kind of figured this would be a six or seven game series, so I'm not surprised at all. All right, let's jump into some Reds talk because I teased this the other day on the podcast saying that we would look at positionally how the Reds fare heading into next year based on what the guys did this year and what we can expect next year. So I'm going to break this down into three parts. We have the positions of improvement, the positions of, we'll call it consistency. We'll remain optimistic, not stagnancy. We'll talk it. We'll, we'll say it's consistency. And then we have the positions of question coming up in segment three. But firstly, I want to start off with the positions of improvement and Jonathan India is the poster boy for improvement because yes, he was amazing this year. He's been named by baseball America and sporting news as the rookie of the year. We're just waiting for the official trophy presentation from the league that he's going to be the rookie of the year. It's a foregone conclusion at this point. Nobody was better than him in the rookie class. He was so phenomenal. When you look at his hitting, when you look at his fielding, when you look at his base running, and when you look at the value that he has to the Reds in the future, it's just undeniable. Jonathan India is amazing, and I think he's only going to get better from here. Look, he came in as a relative unknown this season, batting low in the order, and then David Bell trusts him to bat leadoff, and what does he do? He plays even better out of the leadoff spot. I think he only continues to get better. We might be looking at a 300 hitter coming up here, maybe this year. I I, I don't know, but I, I think that India's got the talent overall. You see him at the plate. He's got the discipline. He's got the eye. He's got the understanding of the count and the pitches that he is good at, the pitches that he's bad at, different things like that. I, I love everything about his game, and I only look forward to seeing how far he can rise through the ranks of players in Major League Baseball because I think he's the next dude. We talked about how Joey Votto has been the dude for the Reds for so long, and who's next? Who's taking that torch? We thought it was Suarez in 2019. That's kind of backed up a little bit. Now I think it's Jonathan Indy. He's just going to take this and run with it the rest of his career. And I think that he gets better from here. And then I also look at a couple other positions on the diamond that I think 
will improve for the Reds. I think it's catcher. I think Tyler Stevenson continues to get better. And Tyler Stevenson is going to be the catcher of the future, but he's also going to be like the middle of the order, maybe the cleanup hitter of the future. We saw his contact prowess and how good he is at putting the ball where the fielders ain't and getting hits that way. I think he adds power as he goes about his career, and I think he becomes a very good cleanup hitter maybe as soon as next year. He is absolutely going to take the reins and run with it. It's a reason that we have a question as to whether Tucker Barnhart will be on the team next year. I don't necessarily think they're going to pick up the $7.5 million option to continue to have him just platoon with Tyler Stevenson. And I also think it would not be beneficial for the Reds to platoon Tyler Stevenson. I think that he should have a two-thirds share of the playing time. Whoever is the backup, I, I don't even care if it's Tucker. Like I know Tucker is going to be up for a gold glove. I think that Jacob Stallings probably wins that gold glove from Pittsburgh, but I think that whoever is with Tyler Stevenson on the roster at catcher next year, it should be a two thirds timeshare simply because I believe he should be in the lineup. I know we've talked about him playing first base and the, in the idea of a designated hitter, but I think that the way that the Reds are probably going to play the designated hitter, it's going to be a lot of Mike Moustakis. And when Moose isn't the DH, he'll probably be the first baseman. So I think Tyler Stevenson, at least next year, is going to be the catcher, and he should be the catcher two-thirds of the time. And I think he's going to get better. The hitting numbers are going to get better. And the fielding, fielding specifically, I think Tyler Stevenson is fine. He's going to get better at blocking the pitches in the dirt. He's going to get better at blocking Sonny Gray's curveball. And he'll be fine calling games. That's one thing that I always hear people talk about, Tucker Barnhart and why they don't want to lose him, because he's so good at calling games. Here's the thing with that, though. You know how you get good at calling games? You call games. You actually get in the game. Tyler Stevens is never going to get better at it just because he's sitting on the bench and watching somebody else call a game. So that's going to be something that improves as well. I think catcher only gets better. And there's two other positions that I want to, and, and one of them is a group of a group of players, but two other positions that I want to include in the getting better. And it's simply because of the law of averages, the third base spot is going to be better next year. And I know that people are saying, well, if you give Gino everyday playing time, who knows? Here's the thing. If David Bell's smart, which I think that he's a pretty smart dude, he is going to have a leash on Gino. There's going to be a point where if he is not better than he was, and I'm talking about months that don't rhyme with September, uh, that aren't September, whatever. That was supposed to be a better joke. But uh, when you look at every other month outside of September, if he is not better, like in the first month of the season next year, if he's still batting a buck 70 in the month of April, time to move on. Time to do something else because third base has to be better next year. It's just simply the law of averages. And then another spot that I think is going to be better because of the law of averages and really because of a lot of young pitchers, guys who maybe look like they could be starting caliber pitchers but will end up in the bullpen for the Reds, is the bullpen. I, I just gave it away. The bullpen is going to be better next year because let's be honest, if they're any worse next year, there's going to be a riot. That, that bullpen was terrible for most of the year. They got better toward the end, but better means that they weren't the worst bullpen in the league. So yeah, the bar was really low. And again, we're going to start the bar really low in 2022. The bullpen's going to be better than they were this past season. I firmly believe that, but yeah, recap. India, better. Stevenson, better. Third base and bullpen, because of the law of averages, are going to be better.
I want to talk about positions that might not be better, but also might not be worse. I got three of those on mine. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that though, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. You should get your next car part from there because they have reliably low prices on all the parts that your car will ever need. They're not trying to price gouge you on everything that you need, whether you're looking for a brake pad, maybe you need a tailpipe, maybe you need some carpet, maybe you need an, an air freshener. I don't know if you really need to go online to look for that. You can find that in a gas station, but maybe you need uh, replacement parts for your air conditioning. They've got all of that at rockauto.com. No matter what car you drive, it's brand new or if it's from the fifties, rock auto has it. They're family owned and operated for over 20 years and they can help you find exactly the part that you need, the right fit for your car. Go there today, rockauto.com. And in the checkout section and the, how'd you hear about us area type in locked on to let them know that your pal Jeff from the lockdown reds podcast sent you that's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the, how'd you hear about us area type in locked on. Look, when I'm talking about rock auto, I'm talking about the preferable alternative to going to the store down on the corner, getting price gouged. If they even have that part, they're going to look on their computer. Anyway, you've got a computer, you've got a tablet, you've got a phone. You can find the exact same parts that he finds and you can pay, pay a better price for it. Go to rockauto.com and in the checkout section, how'd you hear about us? Type in locked on rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right. So we talked about the position groups that will improve in 2022. When you look at who they are, these guys that I'm about to talk about are the position groups that I believe remain consistent. I believe they probably don't get better, but they probably don't get worse either. And I'm starting with our man. Joey Votto. You're going to say, Jeff, there's no way. There's no way he can replicate that performance. I told you before last season, there's no way he was going to do what he did. So why are we still doubting this man? Why are we still looking at Joey Votto and telling him what he can't do? I think he remains the same. I don't know how you can get much better than what he did. The only way you can get better is if Joey Votto had a time machine and then brought back the 2010 version of himself and said, okay, you play now. I think that Joey Votto can remain at this level of productivity. You're talking about power, talking about RBIs. We're talking about the things that people always complained about throughout his entire career. They said, this is what he doesn't do. And this is why we don't like him. He did it last year. I think he can continue to do that in 2022. Now, maybe it's not the exact amount of home runs and the exact amount of RBIs, but overall talking about slugging percentage, he's still going to be on that same ballpark of on base percentage as well. And his batting average probably doesn't get any worse either. So I think that Joey Votto has the ability and he's tapped into this thing. I, I keep joking about this, but I think we should make this a thing. People always talk about TB 12. Let's talk about JV 19. Joey's found some way to resurrect his career. And I think that he continues to do that in 2022. He's our poster child for consistent positional production. Um, what I put on my notes, the positions of consistency. That's what was, he's the poster child for that. Number two, I'm looking at left field. I'm looking at Jesse Winker. The only question I have with him is health. Can he be healthy? We know that he can hit. We know that he is probably the best, most talented hitter on this roster. The only question is, can he give us more than 113 games? That is the most, uh, that's the most amount of games that he has played 
in his career during any one season. He's never played more than 113 games. I want to see more before I ascribe him the title of best player on the team. I think that the reason I love Jonathan India so much, you saw him grit and grind and battle through those injuries. It feels like Jesse Winker just can't do that for some reason. And I don't want to tell him what he can't do. That's mean of me. And he's way more athletically gifted than I will ever be. But I feel like there's just some sort of hangup. There's a cap on his health each and every year as to how good he can be. And people say, well, Jeff, he played the entire year in 2020 whatever. That was 60 games. That's like a third. What? Yeah. Thereabouts a little bit more than a third of a regular season. So let's talk about health when it comes to Jesse Winker, before I tell you why he's going to be better than he was in 2021. I think he remains the same in 2022, which honestly, if you can remain the same, if Jesse Winker can give us the same amount of production that he gave us on 110 games and spread it to like 140 or 150, then that will be better. And, and, and that I want to be hopeful of that. But what I've seen so far in his career is that he has a cap of games that he just, he gets to, and he can't seem to break through that glass ceiling and stay healthy. So for that reason alone, for health, I'm saying Jesse Winker remains consistent. He's not going to get worse, but I'm not expecting him to get better. I hope he will, but I'm not expecting it. And then the last position group that I'm looking at when it comes to the positions of consistency is the starting rotation. Now, maybe it's pessimistic of me to say that it won't get better, but it was pretty good last year. I mean, when you look at the statistics from the five guys who had the most starts, there were plenty of guys who got some starts, but when you look at the five guys who got the most starts on the team in Tyler Malley, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, uh, Vladimir Gutierrez, and Wade Miley, when you look at those five guys, I uh, the only question of who's going to be back is Wade Miley. I still think it would be completely foolish of the Reds to not pick up his $10 million option. Even if you just mean to trade the guy, I think you should pick up that option. So he should be back. So when you look at the talent on this roster, and I, I'm not, I'm not uh, predicting any sort of trades. I'm not saying here that I believe the starting rotation will remain the same talent-wise if they get rid of some of these guys, I'm not saying that I'm saying that if these guys remain on the roster, if you still see Tyler Malley, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, uh, Wade Miley and Vladimir Gutierrez, then they will stay the same talent wise. Now they've got a chance to be better if they keep all those guys and bring up Hunter Green and Nick Ladello like they should on opening day. I don't know if that'll happen, but hopefully the new CBA has some sort of way to get rid of service time manipulation. I'm just, I'm so tired of talking about that, but you have a chance, <clears throat> excuse me, have a chance to have a better starting rotation with those two guys on the roster. So there is a shot for them to get better, but I don't think they get worse. We know what we've got in Mali Castillo and gray. You've got really solid dudes who are going to give you five stellar innings. You're hoping that they can stretch it to six or maybe even six and a third, six and two thirds. Kind of like what Bronson said the other day on the interview for his career. Even if you include his minor league career, if you average out all the innings that he pitched, he averaged six and a third innings every single start. That would be great if we could get that from the top three guys, but we know for a fact we're going to get five good innings from all those dudes. Now, you wonder about the health of Sonny Gray. You wonder if Luis Castillo has the ability to put together a complete year. We, we love the June through September Luis Castillo 
really didn't like the April and May Luis Castillo. So if he can cut out those two bad months, then he's in the Cy Young race where we think he should be. And hopefully that's something he can do in 2022. And then he'll get better there. Tyler Malley has a real good shot to improve because you look at that road ERA and you love it. Yeah. didn't like what he did at home. I think it's a little fluky and I think that it probably evens out in 2022, but for the most part, I still think the starting rotation will maintain its level of play next year. And that's what you want to see. Like you'd like to see it to get better, but I think expectation wise, this group just remains consistent at their level of production. We're going to talk about three position groups that I'm concerned about. And I don't, I mean, if, if you're counting at home, you know what they are, but I don't think that any of these position groups come as a surprise. These are position groups that I have questions. I hope they get better. I, I would like to see them get better, but I have questions as to if that will actually happen. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. If you are not making money off your sports knowledge today, betonline.ag is the best place to do it. Go there today and use the promo code locked on to set up your profile. And if you're about to hit the, the fast forward button, don't, I got a tip for you. You can take and I want you to take this to betonline.ag because I got a strong feeling about it. Have you seen the way that Jordan Alvarez has played in this World Series? Have you seen the way that he's played this entire playoffs? He is currently, and let, let me pull up the screenshot here, plus 1,200 to be the World Series MVP. Are you kidding me? Get this man. Take this bet. I put some money on Jordan Alvarez to be the World Series MVP. I think he's going to do it, and he's a little bit of a value compared to some of the other people. So do it today. Put some money on Jordan Alvarez to win the World Series MVP after you use the promo code Locked On to set up your profile at betonline.ag. And when you're talking about betonline.ag, they are the number one place for your pro and college football betting action all season long. Go there today, set up your profile, use the promo code locked on and start making some cash off your sports knowledge at betonline.ag. All right. One last position group, the positions of question. And I'm going to start it with right field because the big question is, is Nick Castellanos coming back? It's very highly unlikely. I, I think it's a little bit more likely than if this were a normal offseason, but because of the ongoing CBA uncertainty and because of the reported lockouts that are due to happen starting December 2nd, there is a slight chance that he doesn't use that opt-out. And I mean, it's it's about this small. It's, it's like, it, it wouldn't even be existent if lockouts weren't as certain as they are, but you've got to wonder from Nick Castellanos perspective. And this is something I talked about with Bronson as well is like when you're looking at this impending question mark as to when the season will start, what will the new CBA look like? How enthusiastic will teams be to sign big money free agents after all of this nonsense happens? And he's going to be looking for his last big contract. I know he's not like at the end of his career, but this is the point when you got to cash in on your prime. If you are a player in major league baseball, this is the point where you look at everything you've done, especially having the career year that he had in 2021. And you got to make some money off that. You got to get that long-term contract for 22, 23, $24 million a year. Scott Boris is going to do everything he can to get his client that contract. Here's the problem though. 
whether a team is going to sign a free agent before this lockout, which I find very unlikely, or right after the lockout is over, there's going to be a signing frenzy there in like, you know, the end of February, early March, something like that then you're probably not talking about these multiple year contracts that have that much money. He might get 22, 23, $24 million, but it might only be for one year. So he's got a way, does he want to do that? And then maybe he doesn't have as good a year, which is possible because look, 2021 for Nick Castellanos was a career year. Can you take a career year and get better from that? What's most likely to happen? That is something that he's got to consider in all of this. Now I'm sure that he's you know, very want to bet on himself because obviously he's an amazing athlete, but at the same time, you got to be smart about this. And I wonder if that's still just a little bit of chance that he stays. So there's two questions here. If he goes, how on earth do they replace that production? They probably don't. They have to hope that his production gets kind of replaced by good performances from a couple of different people who improve their standing with the team in 2022, or if he does come back in like the 0.03% chance that it happens, what kind of, are, are you going to get as good a performance as you did last year? Probably marginally less than what he did last year. And that's not me doubting him. That's just me saying that, you know, expectations when it comes to this are what happens with most guys, their career years, don't typically happen as often as they seem. So I think that even if Nick Castellanos returns, there might be a slight bit of drop off in production. That just leaves me to question what the expectation is. What is your expectation for right field? I don't know that it can get much better than it was last year. And maybe it stays the same, but most likely what happens is it comes down a little bit. And then if Nick Castellanos leaves, it's definitely going down quite a bit because I don't know how you replace that dude. They're going to hopefully bring in an outside hire, but I don't know that they're going to be near as good as Nick Castellanos was in 2021. Two other uh, position groups that you probably figure because we haven't talked about them yet. I have complete question marks about shortstop. I understand Jose Barrero is the shortstop of the future. I've still got plenty of question marks for him though. Where's the plate discipline has it, it didn't seem to transfer and he got limited playing time, but it didn't seem to transfer from AAA to MLB last year because once he got into the majors, he was hacking, he was swinging and he wasn't, I mean, he walked a little bit and a little bit more than he did in 2020, but not to the point that you feel comfortable about his plate discipline and how he builds at bats. He's there was a lot of one, two, three strikes you done and he's heading back to the locker or not the locker room. He's heading back to the dugout. So I, I wonder about shortstop. And then if we're not talking about Jose Barrero as the everyday shortstop, then we're still talking about Kyle farmer. I think we know what Kyle farmer is. I think last year was the best year of his career for a reason. And I think that that's what you're going to get. I think that is his ceiling. So I don't think that shortstop gets better next year. At least I'm not expecting shortstop to be much better next year, especially because I don't know what we're going to get from Jose Barrero at the plate. I understand he's very athletic in the field, and I feel like he's going to be fine defensively. I've, I've seen a, a couple of people kind of pushing back on that. I don't understand that. I don't think we saw enough from him at shortstop to say, no, Kyle Farmer's better than him at shortstop. I don't think that's the case at all. But – what are you going to get from him at the plate? Because we know that OPS plus wise, we're going to get about somewhere between 85 and 90 with Kyle farmer. 
Can Jose Barrero be better than that? Probably. I mean, that's below league average, so hopefully. But how much better than that? That's the biggest question. I think that expectation-wise, that is why shortstop is one of the key positions of question along with right field. And lastly is center field. A lot of this has to do with who are they committing to? Is it Nick Senzel? I, I, I feel like at this point, we have more questions about his health than we did whenever he was first brought up. And that is unfortunate. And then you look at Tyler Naquin, very inconsistent. He had two really, really good months and the rest of the months were not so good. In fact, some of them were kind of awful. So you wonder who is going to get the reins and it's, Delino to Shields was outrighted off the 40 man roster. So I don't know that he's going to, and he's, he's not even on the team because he elected free agency instead of the minor league assignment. But, but do they go out and they get somebody for center field? If they keep Nick Castellanos, they're probably not going to sign somebody for center field too. And if they lose Nick Castellanos then they're going to have to go find a right fielder. There's a lot of questions when it comes to the center field and the right field position, and especially with shortstop as well. Those are three positions that I worry about, and when you're looking at a third of your lineup is a question mark, that's a tough one. I, I hope that they can answer it, and I hope the answer isn't, well, we're going to hope that who we have gets better. Because like our friend Chad Dotson over at Red Leg Nation Radio always says, hope isn't a strategy. That's why those position groups have question marks. All right, let me know what you think. Locked on Reds line 513-549-0159. Uh, is there a position group you disagree with me with? And maybe you think that uh, they're going to be better at shortstop, or maybe you think they're going to be worse. Maybe you don't think Joey Votto is going to replicate. Let me know, 513-549-0159, or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can hit me up on the show's Twitter account, at Locked on Reds as well. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first your hashtag first listen of the day. Now go check out Locked On MLB as Sully has all of your World Series coverage you could ever hope for in a baseball podcast. That's Locked On MLB just like Locked On Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, coming up on tomorrow's podcast, former Reds prospects who were traded away. What happened to them? And did we see them flourish? as we all feared. Plus, I might get into the philosophical weirdness of worrying about trading away guys because they'll be good for somebody else. I don't know, whatever. It might be the offseason, but we're locked on Reds every single day.